Kelly and hello Chris. Hi, how hello. are you doing? How are you getting on? Yeah, we're all good, thank you. Have you had a good weekend? Yes, it'll be too bad. Weather's not really holding out now, but we'll get there. And where are you based? You're you're in Scotland and yep. you're in Dingwall. We're in Dingwall, yeah. Dingwall's where our office is based. We've got a heat pump running here, so yeah, it's Dingwall. Yeah, good. And Chris, are you in Dingwall as well? Are you, are you um, well, I'm working, uh, I work in Dingwall, but I'm in Inverness. Uh, I commute up every day, so it's not that far. Just down the road. And how are things generally in terms of the industry? Obviously, we've had a few impacts with uh, COVID and uh, the, the building industry has obviously had a stop for a while. Um, but I think there's been some good uh, good signs of, of uh, things starting again. Yeah, it's been really good for us. We were closed and just operating an emergency service. So we had engineers still covering Scotland while we were on lockdown. So all the team's back, all the engineers are back. So we're back into the swing of things and got a busy few weeks ahead of us. So, yeah, it's all looking good now. That's good. And do you see any kind of uh, impacts to your own kind of uh, supply chain as well? I mean, in terms of manufacturing all the kind of equipment that's required to supply you guys. I mean, how is that looking? Go well, on, Kelly. How long have you got? I know. It's, it's, it's been okay. It's, it's definitely been impacted in certain aspects of it. A lot of the general trades are open again which is really good some of them are working on reduced hours but we're it started well we've had a huge increase we've got quite a busy few weeks coming up a lot of people i think during lockdown rather than doing diy in their garden was wanting to do some diy on their house so yeah. there's a lot of people wanting to do stuff so i think the supply chain is kind of trying to react to it now and get back into the swing of things but hopefully over the next sort of month or two as things sort of come back to what is a new normal it'll be a little bit easier in the it'll recover a little bit better than it has so far so we'll see yeah it's been a bit of a challenge for um for all business across i mean obviously i'm based in aberdeen you guys are based up in dingwall and inverness and it's uh, you know it's, it's fair to say that the whole industry is actually struggling to understand how they can react to the delay because ultimately the delay is going to create an impact mm -hmm of supply moving forward so hopefully we can actually kind of address that and uh you know we, we kind of manage the whole kind of uh, impact yeah. uh, as we can so uh, no i really i really appreciate you guys joining us it's one of these uh questions and topics that people um look at and think about and understand okay well what we're we doing with our house what we're we going to do with a new build but not just a new build but it could also be the the, the kind of retrofit as well so it'd be interesting to see um how how heat pumps and how generally just kind of managing the the kind of the eco environment in the homes is actually managed by you guys and what you can provide uh, so we've got a wee presentation that uh, you guys have kindly uh, prepared and we're going to kind of put that up on screen and hopefully everyone enjoys it Please, uh, if you're joining us from YouTube or Facebook, please post your questions. You know, we're here to help. We want to make sure that if you've got your own project and you've got any questions that you use this as an opportunity to uh, to really get the answers to your questions. So uh, feel free to post your comments in the in the feed and we can, uh, we can address your questions at the end. So without further ado, I'm going to share my screen. Hopefully it all kind of works. And uh, yeah, any questions, f feel free to, to, to pass them in the, in the feed. So give me a second. I will work out how to do this. There we go. And uh, let me just share the screen. Especially in this new online format. It's my hope this evening to give... Sorry, here we go. Good evening. I hope you've all had a lovely Sunday afternoon. My name is Kelly and it's a pleasure to be here on behalf of Black Hour Renewable, especially in this new online format. It's my hope this evening to give you a brief insight into how a heat pump could be the ideal solution for heating your home. 
I'll start with a brief presentation before handing over to my colleague Chris, who is technical engineer, is here to answer any questions you may have. Heat pumps are fast becoming a way of life. If we're to relieve the pressure on our environment, continuing change is required. As many of you may have seen, there's been an increase in the media coverage on the importance of renewables and changes to our day-to-day -day lives. People are already taking steps to change their daily routines by adapting to eco-conscious practices with programmes like TerraCycle being introduced and even more so with people making more mindful choices with shopping for clothing and produce. Considering switching to a renewable heat pump could be the perfect option to reduce your carbon footprint further and a vital step to future-proof your new builder renovation project. Heat pumps are important for lowering carbon emissions and securing our energy future. This is by minimising the impact on the environment caused by our reliance on finite resources like fossil fuels. With the recent downturn of oil affecting Scotland in particular, it is more important than ever that we look to the options that can meet our energy needs going forward. Even more importantly for most of our clients, you can benefit directly from reductions in your heating bills. Heat pumps draw on solar energy stored in both the ground and atmosphere. There's two main types of heat pump and each is more suited to a particular environment. It's important to discuss early on and establish your needs to identify the most suitable system for your home. This can depend on a number of factors, your budget, the number of occupants living in the home, how many showers you like to take, the intended purpose of the house, whether it's your permanent residence, holiday home, all sort of factors that we would discuss into deciding what was most viable for you. My plan is to show you a couple of examples of heat pumps that we've installed for both ground source and air source and give you an idea of what they look like and what you can expect. Up first, uh, this is a ground source heat pump. We have installed both of these uh, quite recently, actually. One is in Peterhead and one in Inverurie, if I remember correctly. So my reasoning for showing you these photos in particular, it gives you a really good idea of the space you'd be looking to have for a ground source heat pump. So in the first photo on my left, the large unit that looks a little bit like a freestanding fridge, that's your heat pump. In the centre, we have a small 100-litre buffer vessel, and on the right-hand side is your hot water cylinder. In the second photo, it's slightly different. Heat pump on the left, the same with the first. In the middle, we have a different type of cylinder, and on the right-hand side is your buffer, which is a larger buffer in this case. We advise normally you need around 2.5 to 2.75 metres of dedicated wall space. These photos kind of show you the ideal scenario, in both of these instances, we had dedicated garage space um, from our clients. They had designated it as their plant room, so it kind of allowed us to fit everything quite comfortably spaced apart, but obviously ideal solution. Our design team will discuss the space you have available, what requirements are needed for each technology, and just see whether it's going to be a viable option for you. The second thing to consider when you're looking at a ground source heat pump is how you're actually going to harness the energy from the ground. The most cost effective way of doing this is the horizontal ground collectors. This photo shows you a typical trench. They're usually one metre deep, one metre apart, but they can be done in any patterns that's convenient for you. So based on what space you have, we've done them looped, coiled, straight lines, whatever's easiest. As you can see, they had quite a lot of space in this field. so. It really does just depend on what's suitable for your property. However, if you don't have the space, there still is an option. It's slightly more expensive, but you can consider a vertical borehole collector. In this case, the rig that you can see in this photo, which takes up very little space in comparison, will just drill vertically down 
Um, usually it's about 100, 100, 200 meters deep, depending on what sort of heat you're needing to take. Um, so there is an option if you don't have a space. So don't be too fearful um, if you have your plot already and you don't think you maybe have the space for ground collectors. There is an option. And that's something, once again, that we would talk through with you. So just to summarise some of the benefits of ground source heat pump. It is slightly more efficient than air, as I said, just because you have that constant temperature. It offers a whole house solution. It does both your heating and your hot water, so you need no separate system. There is no need for tedious fuel deliveries, having to order your oil, anything like that. It is all fit and forget. Up next is the air source heat pump. So this heat pump works by extracting the heat from the outside air and using it to provide your heating and hot water for your home or business. Even in the coldest winters, modern systems will convert one unit of energy into three and a half units of heat. That takes the air from outside, pumps it through a heat exchanger where the heat is absorbed by a refrigerant. Once this is converted to provide the heating and hot water for your property, the refrigerant is ready to absorb more energy from the air and the process repeats. So in the first photo, you can see an outdoor unit. This is an 8.5 Mitsubishi standard heat pump. The only thing you would have to think about on top of this is room for your cylinder inside. Um, in the second photo, I thought I'd give you a bit of variation of what you, you can have if necessary. This is a retrofitted property, so it's an older property at a higher heat loss figure. And in this instance, we had to use two heat pumps working in cascade to meet the requirements for the property. And same again, you've got the ultra quiet unit in the first photo and a slightly older model in the second photo. So why should you choose air source and why in particular, why should you have that overground source? Well, as you can see, it takes up a lot less space internally. It would just be to consider for your hot water cylinder. We usually say it's 900 millimetre by 900 millimetre cylinder cupboard, one metre by one metre to be safe. So it's a lot less space than you would have to consider for ground source. It is also cheaper to install than ground source so usually it can be a lot more viable for people on a budget the other thing is it's basically fit and forget technology they're very low maintenance there's very little that you need to do with them you do have to get them serviced annually to fall in line with your warranty but other than that they're usually virtually fit and forget another thing to discuss when looking at a heat pump in your property is what type of heating circuit you intend to have Heat pumps are designed to run at lower temperature, creating the perfect indoor climate, but they integrate seamlessly with underfloor heating and wet, ra wet radiator systems. It all comes down to your personal preference. We have a number of clients that love having underfloor heating on both levels. You can have underfloor heating on your ground floor with radiators on the first floor. It's really down to you and whatever you prefer. They work perfectly with a heat pump so you can consider everything. You have the freedom to choose the style and design of the radiators of your choice. And another thing to consider, which I think is a great and safe option for any families that have little kids running about the house, is your radiators will feel warm rather than hot to the touch, as they can do with uh, gas or oil boilers. So that's something else to consider. So we install two types of heat pump, but we were also trained in a number of others. So we service a lot of heat pumps that we don't actually install. But for air source heat pumps, we predominantly use Mitsubishi Electric. So they're the leading air source heat pump manufacturer and they offer the modern ultra quiet units, as I showed you in the photos before, and which make less noise than a typical oil boiler. They have sizes ranging from 5 kilowatt to 14 kilowatt. And as I said before, you have the option to cascade these where your property requires a higher capacity. 
Black Isle Renewables ourselves, we are net service partners, so you get a five years parts and labour warranty as standard. And we're also able to offer our clients an extension of two years, giving you seven years in total of your warranty. We, for French or seat pumps, we use Nibi, which are a Swedish company. Some people say Niba, Nibi, depending on what you prefer. So it's Swedish technology developed over 30 years. They as many people know, I know personally, my family lives in Sweden. Uh, they experience temperatures drastically colder than the UK, down to like minus 30 degrees in some cases I've experienced. We are Nibi VIP installers, so we're fully trained and accredited. And because of this, we can offer you a seven-year warranty. For underfloor heating, we use Robot, who are based in Inverness. So the government have introduced uh, regulations and incentives to encourage you to use alternative heating systems. Scotland has pledged to be net zero by 2045, five years ahead of the rest of the UK. They back this up by offering ways to make heat pump technology viable for most people and reduce their dependence on carbon-based fuels, as they understand this is, is vital in meeting their goals. So first up, we have the Renewable Heat Incentive, which is provided by the government and is made up of payments that are made quarterly over seven years. The amount you receive will depend on a number of factors, including the type of technology you install, the latest tariffs available, and even in some cases, metering. When designing your system, you'll be provided with a system performance estimate, which gives you an insight into not only the savings that can be made on your heating, but also the RHI income you can expect following installation. This incentive was due to finish next year, but in March, the UK government announced they will be extending it until the end of March 2022, giving you more time to make the most of the opportunity. Secondly, you have the Energy Saving Trust loan. So it's an interest-free loan, which offers you up to £10,000 towards the cost of installing a heat pump. We have a number of clients that take advantage of this and are able to do so, particularly because we're an MCS accredited installer. As I said before, Overall, for a lot of people, the most important factor for them is the fact that it will reduce their carbon footprint. So I definitely wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say why you should choose Black Isle Renewables as an installer if you are considering a heat pump. So we are MCS accredited installers. You're able to take advantage of various incentives, grants available in Scotland to enable you to future-proof your home. Not only that, Black Isle Renewables will be celebrating our 10th year of business this year. With a wealth of experience and knowledge at our disposal, we are able to ensure the highest level of workmanship and quality are provided to you as our client at all times. We cover the length and breadth of Scotland with experience working as far north as Shetland and as far south as Ayrshire, but we also cover the islands, we cover Aberdeen, we've installed in Edinburgh. Basically, anywhere you want us to go, we'll do our best to go. We're on hand from the initial contact, offering advice, design, installation and servicing of your system. We offer a service plan to all of our clients to make the most, to make sure your system is correctly maintained annually, as well as offering a discount of 10% and guaranteed attendance within three business days for emergencies. So I think you've probably heard enough of me. At this point, I will be passing you on to my colleague, Chris, who will likely be able to deal with some more technical queries or just any more queries you may have had. But I really hope you enjoyed listening to this and I hope you enjoy the rest of your evenings. Thank you very much, Kelly. I appreciate that. Um, obviously, there's a lot of information to take in uh, with a so 10 minutes. Um, I mean, just uh, a couple of questions that really hits me straight away is the grants and incentives. That's obviously quite a good uh, a good incentive for you guys to, to kind of... Um, explain to your clients what is available i mean is that something that's changing all the time or has there been grants and incentives been available for quite a, a while or how, how does the whole thing work 
Yeah, well, do you want me to take over, Kelly, or do you want to? Yeah, you can go ahead with that okay, one. Fair enough. Um, the, in terms of the industry loan, um, that is at the moment it's ten k, ten thousand pound for a heat pump, uh, both air and ground. Um, that has been ten k from the day that it started. Uh, the terms have actually got a wee bit better um, over the last couple of years too. Um, I think the the general idea is that they're gonna they're gonna keep it running, and if you know they're not hitting their targets, and they're they're you know it's working out really really well, people are paying it back, and they're just gonna keep it going. We can't predict the future, but at the moment it appears to be going quite strong in terms of the loan. Uh, there'd be no change in terms of the money that they're given. Um, the RHI uh, for air and ground is only ever gone up. Uh, air, air went up dramatically. Um, I think I mean you know I don't know what the government was thinking. But air is the most convenient kind of technology to install, and by bumping up the RHI for ground, uh, bumping up the RHI for air, um, it's kind of just encouraging more and more people to go for it. And does that also apply? I mean, obviously we've got new builds, we've got um, retrofitting. I mean, how does this all apply to an existing house where you may want to make a change to how you heat heat your house? I mean, are these incentives available across the board? They are, um, in fact, um, one negative thing for an older property is that when the RHI first came out, it was uncapped. It was, you know, whatever energy you went through, that's how much RHI money you got. Um, eventually, the government had to cap it. Um, it's still quite high, um, but yeah, there were, um, you know, if you had an old farm, an old hundred-year-old wealthy, uh, there were people that could make quite a lot of money on the RHI, um, and now they just they've just had to cap it. It's still reasonable for people. Um, and we let people know what roughly what they're going to get. We always try and estimate the best we can. Um, yeah, retrofit new build. You know, shockingly, the if you if you spend a lot of money on your new build or renovate a property, um, you will cut down how much energy you go through, which will drop your energy bill, but it will drop your RHI too. And you, you mentioned ten thousand pounds. I mean, um, how does that reflect to the actual installation costs? I mean, are we talking? I mean, does it really depend on the size of the house and in terms of heating uh, specifications, or you know, how does ten thousand pounds reflect to the actual um, overall installation cost? Yeah, I mean, every property will be different. You know, there's a big difference between a five kilo heat pump and a fourteen kilo heat pump in terms of cost. Um, roughly, I mean, ten, the ten gram will typically cover most of air. You know, uh, uh, air heat pump and a hot water tank. Uh, the 10 grand will probably cover most of that, if not all of it, uh, in you know 90% of the situations. Um, ground, it's about double the cost of air. The 10 grand will get about halfway. Wow, okay. No, it's, it's, it's interesting because uh, you, you mentioned there that uh, hopefully this this in, uh, incentivization doesn't go away. I mean, it's, it's it's something that really helps us to, um, you know, to, to get over the, the overall cost, which I assume... Yeah. Without the very start of the project, I mean, how how does the actual payment mechanism work? Do you, you know, if you engage um, this installation, do you have to pay all up front, or is there a payment plan, or can you wait until you get the government grant coming through, or how, how does it? Yeah, all... I, mean, I mean, in Scotland, it's the interest loan in Scotland only, and they've been really great. Um, they'll actually, um, for the most part, they'll match payment terms, mm -hmm. so uh, they'll cover you know stage payment on a loan. Um, um, upfront payment and then payment afterwards uh, to help cover it. Mm. Um, initially, if you read the, the terms of loan, it's almost like a loan after the install. Uh, but Home Edge Scotland, who run it, I mean, they've been great. Uh, mm. They have no problem. They've had no problem to uh, make a payment upfront. Yeah, I, 
The only thing to consider when it comes to loan as far as the terms is we can't actually start work mm. on site until you've had like firm approval, had that in writing. But that's usually quite a good stage because we speak to clients from right from the beginning. So at the point that we find out they're going for the loan, they usually have a good amount of time before they're looking to start to make sure that they've got that in writing. And then from that point on, they'll get you will basically get invoiced from us and they'll match that cost from the loan, get that paid in and then we'll go on to site. So yeah, it's quite a smooth process. I think mm. compared to a lot of other type of loans, it is they do their best to make it as easy as possible. And so just explain the whole process. So basically I'm thinking about how I'm going to heat my house. Um, I'm going to go and phone Black Isle Renewables, for example, and you guys are going to come on site and you're going to do what is it? How, how does the whole process work? You, I guess you do a survey or something or... Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, what we try to do, we try to give. I mean, it's it's. There's a lot of the stuff that we just have to put in writing. It's part of the accreditation that we do. Everything, there's kind of a step by step. You know, it all has to have a paper trail, and um, we try to give people an idea of cost beforehand. And um, at that point, uh, we put an engineer. It'll be one of our plumbers that will go out. Um, they'll you know it's free of charge. They go out and have a look. I mean, their plumbers are there just to look at the practicality of the install. You know, where the pipe run will be, what the quality of the pipe work you've already got, and um, they'll run it through. And then they'll come back um, and we'll work through design, work through the official quote, provide a fixed quote. And at that point, if you want to go ahead, then you apply for the loan. Okay. And obviously there's, there's various other kind of um, um, installations that are available out there in the market. I mean, how does that, uh, do you kind of go on site and say, okay, well, in terms of the, the land that you've got available, you mentioned there in your presentation about um, uh, an installation that requires so much um, site um, uh, land if you like I mean do you obviously um, 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 you know do, do you kind of say okay well this is actually best for your your kind of installation or you know how, how does the, the whole kind of installation um, choice work because I guess there's, um, there's you know heat but again that could come from any kind of different installations the trick there is just um, there's no right or wrong um, the trick is just to give everyone uh, every option that you can Mm. Uh, pro and con for everything and for, for the client and client to make a decision it's really not for us to dictate what they should mm. go for I mean in, the, in our mind if it'll work then that's all we really care about we're here to you know make it work and uh, we're not here to push people down a particular route mm. Yeah. But we do we do also pride ourselves on if a certain technology is not viable for a property, but an alternative is a better option, we will try and like fit what's best for each scenario sort of thing. Yeah. I guess this applies also to, you know, whether there's not even anything on site. I mean, you I guess the site visits that you do could be a completely greenfield site. A new building is straightforward. It's not a challenge in any way. Um, you have a lot of freedom because you can, if you plan ahead and get in touch early, um, you can you can map out what you need when you need it at the right time. Uh, Redfits are they're more interesting, won't deny it, and they're more fun too. Um, you have to get a bit imaginative and and work it through. Um, yeah. I guess brownfield sites as well. I mean that's even put kind of dynamic in there is where you're trying to visualise what the client is ultimately trying to achieve, but at the same time you're trying to work out the the properties that you're trying to you know to to engage in that kind of property as well and that project so it, uh, yeah i mean how 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 far afield do you guys operate i mean you mentioned there that you do down edinburgh and all the rest of it i mean ultimately i guess you'll travel as far as you, you need to uh, to make sure that your clients get what they they they, they want to, to to achieve yeah so we we've installed in a lot of parts of scotland we've got a lot of them local to us, a lot of people that are like neighbours of ours on the Black Isle and whatnot. Um, but we'll go up to Caithness. We've installed in Orkney. Um, so 
yeah, we're pretty happy to, once we've quoted people and sort of given them an idea of the price and what's viable for them, we'll consider every avenue to get to wherever they are. There's certain areas we don't really operate in as much as others, but we are very prominent on the islands and that. That's sort of We tend to go to like the small islands that a lot of people won't go to as well. So like we've been to Isla and Jura. So yeah, we'll pretty much go where we're needed. <laughs> Yeah, I guess technology as well. Is, is technology changing or is it as technology in terms of your environment? Is it kind of like stayed the same or how, how's that evolving? There's, I think when it comes to the heat pump technology, there's not much fluctuation. I mean, there is a change in, on occasion, like a change in the refrigeration um, that they put in it, the, the, the refrigerant. Um, I think the big things that are changing now are um, online connectivity. It seems to be the next stage. I mean, they're already there already. They're just kind of like, you know, I think any heat pump tends to be fairly modern um, with that kind of mentality. But I think they're all kind of almost, instead of a bolt-on, an add-on, they're just kind of built in the standard, all Wi-Fi connected. Wow, okay. It's quite interesting. It's, it's an interesting one because it's, it's one of these unseen kind of technologies that, that really has a huge impact on, one, is the comfort of your own home but also the running of your home and the costs associated with that as well. So if you don't get it right at the very start, I guess you could actually end up with problems that, you know, throughout the whole build and ultimately through the operation of your, or your home as well. So do you tend to get involved in the architects and, and specific specifications, um, you know, throughout, throughout the whole kind of build or, uh, you know, where do you slot in? When should someone get in touch with you guys when they're doing a self build? I mean, the, the truth is, I mean, like it with everything, like the earlier the better. Um, I mean, we'll never be, we'll, it'll never be perfect. I mean, the people that'll turn up, you know, and uh, they're, the property's already built and they're looking for a heat pump and you just have to make it work. Um, but no, I mean, part of the accreditation in terms of like running costs and, and how it's all going to run, um, part of that accreditation that you get and uh, that we, like as a company, we have to uphold to. Um, like a quality assurance um, you have to make sure people have in writing you know an idea of you know what's going to cost to run how will it run you know I've noticed a comment of a reaction time in the, in the comments already you have to let people know that it's part of the rules you have to follow that um, and I think the government's trying to like make the industry quite strict um, to make sure that the, you know you don't lose control over it and you don't get too many people coming in doing a bad job and the uh, industry getting a bad rep. Mm -hmm it's slightly different when it comes to the actual installation side of it with it's always good to plan really far ahead but we do tend to come a little bit later in the process than a lot of other trades essentially if we're doing underfloor heating or even the radiators will come in at a slightly earlier stage get that done before you're doing like your second fixing that of the house and obviously the ground collectors can really be done before the house is up or as soon as you are looking to go ahead but really the heat pump's quite close to the end um so yeah you've got quite a lot done before that but it is good to think about it as soon as possible and in terms of um you know multi heating sources or cooling sources as well i mean you, you talked about in your presentation about having upstairs downstairs and various other installations i mean in terms of mixing up the the whole installation is that a good thing bad thing is it dependent on the actual development itself or you know you, you've got solar you've got you know all sorts of other ways of being able to heat your home i mean what what is the right solution uh clearly it's, it's it's down to the actual development itself but you know what you know how do you come to your solution for the end for the end user um kind of go back to what we we're talking about before there's no right as long as it will work we have no problem with what people want to do you know if, if you if you if a client came and the solution was wrong 
and um, we wish we wouldn't get involved in it. we would let them know we wouldn't get involved in it but at that point you go back to giving everyone every option um, and then just go over why what would be good what would be bad and how it will all work together and um, combining them straightforward having them on their own straightforward um yeah it just you just the best thing to do is just give everyone all the information um for them to take a step back and think about it and work out what's best for them okay and i going back to my previous question in terms of you know i'm thinking about doing a self-build should i engage with you guys or is that going to cause complications down the line should i just really route that conversation through the architect or i really would advise getting in touch with a renewable installer quite early on um a lot of the the making sure heap up big enough for a build is not actually complicated make sure you've got enough domestic water not that complicated the big issue we find is that there's not enough room for equipment um, it's, it's the age-old problem. It's shocking. You, you can't find room for a hot water tank. Um, one advantage an oil boiler would have over a heat pump is that you actually have a, a, a we are a smaller hot water tank. Um, so an architect might tend to put a cupboard that they're, they're used to, you know, that would fit a boiler hot water tank, and that just won't be suitable for a heat pump. It needs more room. Uh, not much more room, but, I mean, um, uh, storage in a property, it, it's finite. Um, you can't have cupboards everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get involved early, um, you just avoid a lot of grief later on, uh, trying to find room and potentially losing a room that you didn't want to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's usually the, the big thing, getting involved early. Yeah, that's something that really just, you know, again, it's it's one of these things. It's like um, one of our um, recent events up in Inverness. Um, I sat through a, a presentation about blinds and who would have thought that uh, if you hadn't thought about blinds, form in advance you know mm-hmm. some kind of really modern designs about having um apexes and all the rest of it you know if you don't really engage early um and actually it's not just about engaging early it's about understanding you know i think um, in this world of online it's it's really quite tempting to go into google and, and, and try and self-learn but um really there's no there's no problems with picking up the phone having a conversation and understanding exactly what's out there. I think that's really important for people that in this day and age now really wants to understand exactly how all this kind of goes mm-hmm. together. Um, yeah, there's definitely good there's good information online, but, you know, like every, with everything, there are bad, there is bad information. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can get carried away on occasion, but it's good to have a wee bit of knowledge. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's good to... It's good the, the good thing with a lot of like the supplier websites and even um, the Energy Saving Trust, they have uh, the Renewable Installer Finder. So a lot of people that tend to be looking into stuff, there's every single person that has a loan has to review the company that have installed for them. So there's a good database of places local to them, closer installers, whatnot like that, people that are actually accredited to certain manufacturers. They've had to all be reviewed. So that's a really good point since EST have done that that they've been able to look so some people do are able to find good information especially through a lot of their architects as well a lot of heat pump installers have quite close relationships with a lot of architects they're quite good at speaking about things quite early on so yeah the it's always good if you go direct to the person but yeah the information's a little bit better out there that you can get now so well, thanks Kelly um, we've had a couple of questions come through just whilst we've been talking online uh, we've had a question from uh, Alistair Yule so I'm going to put you on the spot here so um, Alistair is kind of considering a GSHP for uh, their new build uh, providing heat and hot water uh, they have concerns about recovery times with a high water, hot water demand don't want to constantly boost with electricity should they reconsider is that is that something that you guys can advise on yeah, no, it's, it's, again, it's, it's quite straightforward. Um, when you're looking at how big a heat pump needs to be, you look at the heat load, um, not the domestic water load. 
um, the heat pumps that we do, they can either do heating or hot water. They can't do both. Um, so what will happen is when you've got a call for heating, it'll divert to heating. It will always prioritise domestic water. When you have a shower or bath, it will divert all the full output of the heat pump to the domestic water tank. So you actually get you get a big heat pump for the domestic water because the heating load of a build is much higher than domestic water. So when you actually divert that full load of the heat pump, you've actually got a whopping big heat pump um, for your domestic water. Um, another factor there is you've got to make sure that um, when you're looking at how many bedrooms you've got, uh, how many people are going to be there, um, how many people are going to be living in it, what kind of, you know, do you have a, a not abnormally large bath, you know, power showers. You actually work out the, the, the volume of the required domestic water tank at that point. Um, um, yeah, if you think of you, like a drug heat pump, you go for 12 kilowatt, uh, it's a 12 kilowatt heat pump. Normally in, a hot, in an immersion in a hot water tank, it's only three kilowatts. Um, so you get a, quite a good reaction time on domestic water, but you have to make sure the domestic water tank, there's enough stored volume there to actually cope initially. Um, just oh, it's a wee bit of thought, it's, again, not, not overly complicated. Again, these are one of the things that you can have a conversation about very early on in the project and you can just yeah. understand, I think, part of this um, process is really to understand and if you don't understand yourself, perhaps kind of keep on asking questions until you do. I mean, I think that's really um, quite key because, it, 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 you know, this should be an exciting, enjoyable part of your life. You know, you're building a, a self-build or you're, you're doing a major renovation. And I think these things, if you don't enjoy it, then there's probably something, you know, maybe a, a slightly amiss. So it's a complete learning uh, experience and I think hopefully Alistair uh, that kind of answers your question if not please come back to us um, Believe me, that's, it's, one of, it's one of the more common questions that we get asked it's, it's quite a quite a normal one and again is this something that your architect can educationally wise um, advise on or would they kind of default to likes of you guys they tend to default to the com renewable company uh, for the most part I mean there's a lot of architects there that really do know their stuff um, but when it comes down to it um, you know they're they're good at what they do uh, and we're good at what we do. Um, um, we're, we were engaging with them all the time. Uh, part of my role in the company is that I go out and talk to them quite a bit, um, pretty much going over that kind of thing, you know. Um, you know, it's a four bedroom property. How much, how big a hot water tank do I need? Okay, how much room will it need? What kind of cupboard will I have? Um, um, reaction time to a client, yeah. Um, it's quite common that I'll go engage with them too. And a lot, are the, the kind of grants that are available to new builds, are they available only in Scotland or is there differences between England, for example, Wales and, and Scotland as well? Uh, the RHI, the Renewable Heat Incentive, Kelly talked about earlier, and that's the, that's the grant. You get paid over a seven-year period, and that's UK-wide. Uh, the interest-free loan, that's uh, Scottish, government only. Um, uh, Home Energy Scotland run that. Mm. And is that likely to change, or again, has that been quite a constant over the last few years? Um, well, I mean, the RHI for new applicants was meant to stop in March next year. Uh, before, before the lockdown, uh, they they increased it by another year, uh, March 2022. Uh, so they're clearly wanting to keep it running. Um, yeah, again, can't predict the future, but it's interesting that they are, you know, after the RHI came out, really boosted the industry and got it up and running. Uh, it was due to come to the end, March next year, and they've already bumped it another year. Mm -hmm. um, again, who knows what the government will do, but it, it's kind of a, it's, it's good looking good.
Mm. Is that? I mean, why why do they keep extending it? I mean, is that because the, the government has some sort of uh, uh, guidance and, and sort of some objectives that they have to meet themselves, or is it because there's the, a demand and it kind of meets towards uh, it meets the the overall desire of the, of, of the country? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't go into too much detail because you know I, I don't really know, but I do know that um, uh, there was something called the feed-in tariff uh, for PV panels and wind and hydro, um, and they went with a very high tariff initially. Um, and I'm sure, I don't know, many people will know, it, it got a bit carried away and they, they started costing them a lot more money than they were, they were hoping, so it dropped the tariff dramatically. Um, the RHI came out afterwards and they have very strict targets to hit. And if they hit those targets, they, they, are, they have general ideas to start decreasing the tariff gradually rather than a big drop. Um, and again, it's interesting that the, the tariff for air and ground have never gone down. Mm. Uh, they've never hit that target. So it could be that just put more money in the pot than they thought. Mm-hmm. It is definitely the governments and local councils and that are having to turn away from, well, there's incentives and certain things in place. I can't think of like the specific dates, but they're trying to turn away from gas and new builds and things like that. So for most people, there has to be a consideration for some type of renewables. That's also at the planning stage. Usually the architects have to consider something. So there's definitely a push towards it over other things. So I think by having these incentives, just it makes it more viable for them to achieve any targets that they may have to with like Scotland being like wind power and everything like that is just to further push people towards those because obviously the technology costs money it's trying to make it the better option to meet yeah. those targets no it's, it's good to I mean, it's good to push these as well and I think if, if, if you guys are out there kind of uh, really kind of championing these uh, industry you know the, these kind of uh, technologies I mean it's not technology I guess it's you know, it's 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 a good it's a good way of being able to uh, contribute towards the environment. You know, the carbon footprint that we we're all talking about is something that perhaps we didn't understand ten years ago, but now because of social media and online, we understand a bit more. So it's really good to understand that these um, these technologies work towards it. Um, We've also had another question in from uh, from Ollie. Uh, thanks for your question, Ollie. Uh, what happens if there is more than one system? Uh, so, for example, um, air source, heat pump, and PV. Uh, would you coordinate the systems? Um, well, PV. I mean, there PV generates electricity. A heat pump generates heat. Um, um, they don't need to be coordinated. Um, I mean, once you uh, install PV, you have that power being fed back to your uh, consumer board. And if your TV or your fridge or you know, whatever your computer needs power or your heat pump needs power, it'll just take it from the consumer board. Um, they're they're although they are connected, they 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 don't fight each other and they just you know work in the background together. There's, there's nothing over the compli- again nothing nothing over the complicated between that. Um, they're, they're completely detached from each other. Okay, good. Thanks, thanks, Ollie, for your question. I appreciate that. Uh, John, uh, John, we've had a question in. Uh, what about mini split systems? What can you tell us about them? Um, I'll be honest; it's not something we do very much. Um, again, I probably the I, I need to talk to John a bit more detail to be honest uh, about what what he would find as a mini split. Um, you get um, potentially you could be talking about air to air because we typically do air to water um, uh, or ground to water. Um, both of those are, are RHI compliant heat pumps. Um, air to air tend not to be RHI compliant. Well, they're not RHI compliant. Um, they're they're quite handy for a, a maybe one or two room maybe a three-room propped in the middle of nowhere where um, it might be a wee bit cheaper to put in. Um, uh, for the most part, um, again, for the most part, we are doing air to water, but I'll be honest, a mini split, I'll, I'd have to have a chat with him to, to know what he was talking about in more, a bit more detail. Mm-hmm. I'm sure John can get in touch with you after this. Uh, after talking, yeah. 
There's so many kind of uh, different kind of terminology. Oh yeah, we've got a new a new staff, Darren uh, and then Kenna and and Kelly Fring too. Uh, and I feel bad for people just coming in and just you know the terminology is just there constantly, and we all know it up by heart. And I, I can I can tell by the clay, glazed look in their face. You know, uh, it's not straightforward. Yeah. But and, and just on that terminology question, the RHI remind me what RHI renewable heat incentive. Uh, so it's yeah, so you'll get paid for you, the whole point is you your property will go through you know it will use twenty thousand kilowatt hours to to heat it. Um, the 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 renewable part of that, if you install a heat pump, you'll get paid money from the government for. Um, we've also had. Um, I want to get to the questions that uh, we've had before the session, but we're going to have to continue the ones that we've currently received through the session. So uh, we've also received uh, a question uh, from Alistair again. Uh, if neither money or space are an issue, which is better, a vertical borehole or a horizontal array? In terms of how efficiently run, it doesn't matter whatsoever. Um, if you've got the land uh, and you don't mind your, your your land being dug up, then it doesn't matter. Um, the only real advantage of a borehole is neater. Uh, it's dearer, but it's neater if you've got both. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate money or space are not an issue. Um, it's very, very hard to get my head around that idea. Um, but no, um, they're both efficient, as efficient as each other. You have to think about them differently, um, but there makes no, in terms of the running of the heat pump, it makes no difference. Mm-hmm. Good. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Alice, for that question. Um, we had a question in before the session about warranties, and you did touch on it in the presentation. So maybe you can touch through in terms of warranty, both for the the kit itself, but also for the installation. How how does that work? Yeah. So um, for well, for your Mitsubishi air source heat pump, it's a five year warranty as standard. We get that as net service providers. So that is for labour and parts. So if anything were to need to be replaced, it'll be covered for everything. So it'll be no cost to the client. Um, we have the option of paying. I believe it's a client can pay £300 and that can extend that for a further two years, giving you a seven year in total. The last two years is only for parts only. But by that point, if you're thinking about it, if a larger part goes at that point, it is a good um, significant sort of money that you would have to put out if you didn't have that warranty. But it's really up to the client if they choose to do that. A lot of people take the five years, some people take the seven year. Through Mitsubishi, we quite often will be called out on warranty cases. So we usually tend to try and repair any of that. If there's any that we've installed, we would go out to two. But Mitsubishi can also contact us and have us go out to other warranty cases and things like that. So it would usually be a local person that would get to go out to you. Um, for the NIBI warranties, for the ground source heat pump, it's a seven year warranty. Um, that's a standard. Um, so that's pretty substantial for it's similar to some cars that you get so it's it's really good and usually we can get parts quite quickly within three to five days we also offer a service plan um which is a monthly paid fee um and that will allow us to come out on mainland within three working days we can't quite get guaranteed to get to some of the islands in that time but we'll certainly do our best um and that will also reduce the cost slightly so there's a lot of option out there we also um have a lot of training in other heat pumps so there's a lot of heat pumps that we've not installed other um like daikin and uh, samsung we've dealt with so we will service other heat pumps as well that we've not installed so it's it's quite well covered the technology is meant to last for a good amount of time but they are quite generous in trying to cover that for a good amount of time we haven't had to do a huge significant deal of warranty claims once heat pumps are installed so that's always a good sign but yeah they are protected if necessary 
And is there much, um, excuse my ignorance, but in terms of downhole technology, so is there anything that uh, potentially could go wrong that's basically going to have to be dug up or is it all kind of kept ground level? Um, I mean, if you're going to, in terms of um, the, like the ground for heat pumps, um, what you'll find is we try to avoid any joint in the ground. Um, typically, if we can get away with one whole collector, we'll go for it. Um, if there's any joints, then we uh, use a electrofusion welding to like get the, the the pipe is a particular plastic. You get a fitting that's that plastic, and you apply an electric charge to it, and it welds the plastic to plastic, so they become one bit of plastic. Um, but any joint in the ground, you know, either be it a manhole chamber or a borehole cap, uh, you'll know where that joint would be. Anything under the ground, you always keep an eye on it. I mean, it's very, it's very, very unlikely, but you know, you have to kind of plan for the future. Um, yes, at the end of the day, that I mean, any fault could happen with anything. I mean, you're, you're talking about cabling, you're talking about electrical faults, you're talking about anything at all. So, so really, in terms of um, the technology that we're talking about here, it's you know, things go wrong. Uh, but yeah. actually, you know, it sounds like this is actually quite compact, and you get you, you actually in terms of the the impact. If anything does go wrong, uh, that can be minimised. So no, it's uh, we've had, we had another question in from uh, Jane. Uh, yeah. So Jane was actually uh, going back to Ollie's question about uh, can thermal uh, solar thermal integrate with ASHP GSHP? Yeah, I mean, it, um, part of that accreditation that we have to work to for the loan in the RHI and make sure they're up to the standard. Um, we have to make sure the heat pump is capable of doing the full heating load when it gets cold and all the domestic water when it gets cold. Um, anything added to that, you know, they'll only benefit it. Um, the only thing you have to think about is you have to make sure you've got enough for, for uh, thermal to feed a domestic water tank. You've got to make sure you've got enough dedicated volume in the whole water tank for that, uh, that thermal to run efficiently. Um, it's, 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 it's a good bolt-on. Um, but again, um, you have a, an extra coil in a hot water tank uh, and you can just feed into that. There, Again, the, the, the panel on the roof doesn't need to talk to the heat pump in any way. Yeah, both Nibi and Mitsubishi do supply the solar cylinders, which is what Chris is on about. So you can mm. actually have that as an option from the get-go if you are considering solar thermal too. So, Or you're planning to do it in the future. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, Jane, hopefully that answers your question. If you've got any um, additional, feel free to give Chris and Kelly a quick call. Um, after this, I assume you guys are back in the office tomorrow morning at uh, mm. the Chirpia Account. Was it seven o'clock? Is that, is that half, the time half eight, not too bad. <laughs> we also had uh, a couple other questions about servicing and maintenance. Um, you know, in terms of ongoing maintenance for the systems mm -hmm. that you guys install, um, how does that work? You know, is it is like an annual maintenance program or is it just basically you install it and then there's, there's very little maintenance thereafter? So there is, um, it's a stipulation for the warranty and for MCS so that you get your RHI payments is that you get an annual service done every year that's what part of the service plan would be is that cost pays towards your annual service for a year um, so that's really the only consideration you have to make in the year there's not really anything else in that and at that point one of our engineers would come out to check over the system to check um, they're happy with the operation if there's anything that needs to be cleaned or checked we would do it at that point and then it's a record of it for the span lifespan of it throughout it it's more so um for the case of you could like you could possibly get audited from renewable heat incentive it's just a desktop audit normally but that's usually what the um service is to prove that you've had that done and that you're keeping the upkeep of the system but that's really it and that's usually something that because we have a service plan people forget about it we'll contact them a month before it's due because they're on the list and we'll go out whenever it's convenient for them. So it is quite low maintenance on that side of things. Mm -hmm. 
Chris, do you have any, anything to add to there? Uh, I mean, for, in terms of for a client to do, there's just very little. Um, um, I mean, we're, as a company, where we wish, like Kelly talked about in her presentation, she talked about, and we, we do a lot of island work. You know, we do, we, we, we travel to Aberdeen, really, um, up north. You know, we, we travel, uh, I mean, if you're not a ferry trip, you're local. Um, we, we, we tend to, nothing is perfect in technology, you know, the, the machines are pretty good. Um, but they're reliable, and for for the most part, a client never has to do anything um, with the heat pump. Um, just you know, uh, we get in touch every year and book a time. It's good for them for the engineer to come out, um, but fit and forget for the most part. Yeah, probably no different to, to any other kind of uh, gas or electric kind of maintenance program. You know, it's, it's if you look after your kit, then hopefully you'll be uh, trouble free for the year um, before yeah. and after. So, uh, we also had a call, a question about. Uh, an average family of four, will the heat pump provide enough hot water for my house? Uh, you know, I don't know if you've got enough in information to be able to answer that question, but so for a fa an average family of four, will the heat pump provide enough hot water for my house? Yeah, I mean, typically for that kind of um, number of people, um, it's a 300 litre hot water tank is what we're looking for. Um, the rule the rule state for building regulations, uh, four to five litres per bedroom, add one. So it's a four bedroom property, four to five times five, um, but we tend to go a wee bit over the top with domestic water. Um, mm. We don't go way, way overboard, but we'd rather, you know, the complaint was that we've got too much hot water than not enough. Um, if it comes down to, I mean, that's a 300 litre tank, it's probably the, it's the biggest kind of standard domestic tank, um, but there are 400s available, there are 500s available. Um, you can get carried away, because, um, you, know, you know, there's no real harm having as much hot water as you want, but it starts to become inefficient at that point. Um, but yeah, you're you pretty much got options available to you. But typically, for a four bedroom property, three hundred litre tank would be about right. Good stuff. Uh, Thomas Lawson come back and said, uh, "When can you come and give me a quote?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kelly, that's definitely for Kelly. <laughs> as soon as possible. It's a case of get in touch with us. Um, as Chris said, we'll run you sort of through a budget quote, give you an idea of what you're looking at find out what it is you're interested in, and then it will be myself or my colleague Sarah. We will get in touch and have an engineer come out um, and survey the property, answer any questions that you have, just sort of find the most viable routes for like pipe work, the placement of the heat pump itself, um, all those sort of things. We would just get an engineer out for a survey as soon as it was available. So, yep, just feel free to get in touch with us. In terms of that uh, turnover, well, uh, turnaround in terms of being able to come out and do a quote, I mean, what are you guys looking at at the moment? Is there is there a delay at the moment or are you guys pretty reactionary in terms of what's coming through at the moment? Surveys are a little bit easier because they tend to take, well, we, we do two hours for our surveys. Um, it just depends if they're local. We have got an engineer that is based in Aberdeenshire who does surveys. So if it's over that side, it's a little bit easier. We are for installations booking reasonably far ahead at the moment just because of the lag after COVID and everything. But usually we can get someone out within a few weeks um, for a survey. Mm. We do, certainly do our best to do it as quick as possible. Good, thank you. And uh, one other question come in. Uh, so in this world of online connectivity, can the installed system be connected to an app? Um, it's, it's Yeah, they're all there now. Um, I mean, the heating, if you go front of our heating, uh, we do heat miser controls, the neo controls, there are neo uplink, uh, um, um, neo hub even, too many different variations. Um, uh, they have online connectivity, the Nibi has the Nibi uplink. Mitsubishi has the mail cloud. Um, um, a lot of them are web based at the moment. Um, I'm sure the apps are coming. The the heating are based. Uh, they're definitely all online. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have no doubt the manufacturers are working on apps now too. Um, yeah, we we install in a lot of well, we a lot of people have holiday homes and things like that, and are not in the properties for a long time. So it gives them sort of reassurance that they can kind of monitor things as they go um, and whatnot. And it's the same for like people with B and Bs; they can monitor each room and whatnot. So yeah, it's quite good that you have that option. But hopefully, they get the apps quite soon because I think that would be a lot easier for us to explain to people too. So I don't know about you, but there's just too many apps out there. I just. <laughs> Like information overload, you're getting kind of information flashing up on your phone all the time about you know your curtains are open, your curtains are closed, and that's like whoa, right? But no, it's it's you know for people that do actually want. I mean, this is a really important part of the build and really important part of the operation of your home. So it, mm. it, uh, is that a seagull? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the jo- I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It can be a big adjustment. Well, for some people trying to get used to new controls, especially if you've got multiple technologies. But we do a heat and demo when we pass over the house. Whether that's we could be working directly with a builder and they've not moved in yet, and we'll organise a heat and demo at a later date. But we are also, if you ever just phone us, Chris is really good at like talking people through yeah. <laughs> anything with the controls. So they are quite easy to use. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So if people want to get in touch with you guys, you know, what is the best way of being able to uh, to reach out to you guys? Well, you can call us. Uh, we've got a uh, landline on 01349-877-029. There's various options on that. You'd initially be probably speaking to the design team, but you can call in and we'll divert you to the right person. Um, you can also email us. My email is kelly at bir.scott and Chris's is chris at bir.scott. But you can also email our info at, which is info at bir.scott. You're also, we have Facebook, Instagram. Um, you're welcome to go onto our website. Whatever's easiest, you should be able to get us. Brilliant. No, it's been really useful um, and certainly useful for me as well. It's uh, There's so many aspects of a self-build and, and a major renovation that you have to really think about. And the temptation is there to try and understand it all, but really you have to understand who are the experts out there who knows what's going on in the in the marketplace not just for the technology but also for the incentives and grants to make it really affordable for you guys so uh, i really appreciate your time uh joining us uh this evening it's been uh useful we, we um we have uh, in a couple of weeks uh, we're joined by kishorn installations who uh, will be talking about installation uh, insulation apologies um mike Bowermaster, I think his is, uh, surname is, is pronounced. So he will be joining us and he'll be talking through the various kind of alternative methods to be able to uh, install uh, installation, uh, insulation. So I'm going to put a wee kind of video on just to show you a little bit more about what uh, Kishorn uh, talk about. So just here we go. Daniel Tweets, I'm the director of Kishorn Insulation. Kishorn Insulation is an installer of the Isonine spray foam insulation system. And we have a range of solutions for new builds and retrofit um, scenarios, including injection behind lath and plaster walls, um, existing underfloor suspended floor insulation, warm roof insulation, and we insulate new builds as well to create a real airtight seal on a new building. We're based in between Aberdeen and Kishorn, offices in Aberdeen and Kishorn, but really we cover Scotland wide. Um, we work with a range of developers and architects and private clients um, to really make sure that we give the best for their building. So hopefully you can join us uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Listen, Kelly, Chris, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Hopefully... 
I've learned uh, or at least understood a bit more about um, heat pumps and, and various kind of aspects of that uh, part of the self-build and, and major renovation. Um, anyone's got any questions thereafter, feel free to ping us a message or get in contact with uh, Black Isle Renewable uh, directly. Um, so again, thank you guys. And uh, yeah, hopefully everyone has a, a, an enjoyable rest of their Sunday evening. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Cheers now. Bye-bye.